0: Did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know? Thank yeah. you a baby boy.
1: Amen. If you would stand with me. We want to say welcome. Thank you so much to being at the last service before Christmas. Amen. I don't know if you're excited, but I always love Christmas. I love seeing the joy on my now children's face uh, as they open gifts. And we've, we've got a one year old, so it's always fun to see them just look at the gift like, what do I do with this? And so you try to teach them and you start ripping it for them. But with Mo, we'll see how that goes. And I'll bring you a report, so I'll, I'll make sure to write a good page-length report. But uh, we wanted to say welcome for, and thank you for being here tonight. We do have some announcements. Um, Sister Mary Henderson has uh, has passed, as I'm sure most of you have heard. The viewing will be Monday from 4 to 8 p.m. at Goodwin Funeral Home here in Frankfurt. And then funeral service will be at Tuesday at 11 a.m., also at the Goodwin Funeral Home in Frankfurt with graveside and burial at Green Lawn Cemetery. So, we want to remember them. I know uh, the family is, uh, even though it's expected at some point, uh, the Bible says we're all appointed to die once, but it's still hard. It's still, uh, especially around the holidays, it'll be tough. So please remember uh, the Ritchie family and the, the Henderson family, um, even in prayer tonight. We want to go before the Lord in prayer and just open up the service in prayer. I know that the, they might throw up the list, that there's always a prayer list, but I want to pray that God has his way here in this place. I know that there's some... Pain around the holidays, they say that even now until I think Valentine's Day is one of the biggest times where people decide to take life into their own hands, and they take their own life in a lot of ways because of depression and all that sort of thing, and I just want to pray against that. I want to pray that our families, that there's joy and there's peace. Even in some, we don't realize that maybe they're, they're more the single age or whatever at this point in their life, or whatever the case might be, that God just needs to show up and show love to them. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me tonight for this service and also for that? Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for what you've given us. Thank you, God, for every opportunity to walk into your church, God, and into your house. We pray that you have your way in this service tonight, God. Have your way in our church, Lord. I pray that you would touch and reach every life, Lord, every family member, God, of this place. Lord, we pray that there is comfort, Lord. Let there be peace in this time, Lord, and have your way in each and every one of our families, Lord. Those that are traveling home, we we pray, God, that you would put safety in those vehicles, God, and in their lives, Lord. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you just turn around real quick, shake someone's hand, smile at them, and and go ahead and say, Merry Christmas. It's a safe place. You see, we didn't have to write it on a red cup, amen? <laughs> Still America, amen. You may be seated. Would you please enjoy this video?
0: I wonder what it would be like to be born in a manger.
2: Yeah. wonder what ever happened to baby Jesus. He, he grew up. What? Wait. Wait. So you're saying that the baby Jesus Christmas story is the same as the adult walk on water Jesus?
3: Yeah. Thanks, honey. Mm -hmm.
2: (sighs) Wow, I just never really put the two concepts together.
3: (laughs) Wonder what happened to that guy, huh?
1: He, He went to the cross.
3: That's the same guy? So what you're saying is baby Jesus is the same as cross Jesus?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's some time
0: in there, right? I mean, he, he grew up, he taught people. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross and came back to life. And, you know, now he lives in our hearts.
3: That's the same guy? The Jesus that lives in our hearts?
2: Okay, I was really oh, wow. Okay, I never really put all those guys together, you know. Only one guy. I tell you this. Here's an
3: idea. Maybe we stop just making Christmas all just this once-a-year isolated thing, but we make it an ongoing story about the salvation in our hearts and lives. Up top. See idea. Well, it's that time of year again. December has come with all its joys of Christmas, but what is the real meaning of Christmas? is Is it the gifts under the tree or the lights in the window or the cards that you get in the mail or how about the turkey dinners with family and friends, snow in the yard, although this year it's 70 degrees, no snow stockings hanging above the fireplace, and shouts of Merry Christmas to those who pass us in the streets. Is this really Christmas? Christmas is a season of great joy. It is a time of God showing his great love for us. It can be a time of healing, and it can be a time of renewed strength. You see, Christmas is when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. God enrobed himself in flesh and was born into this world. His birth brought great joy to the world. Shepherds, wise men, and angels all shared the excitement of knowing about the great event. They knew this was no ordinary baby. The prophets had told of his coming hundreds of years before. The star stopped over Bethlehem just to mark the way for those who were looking for this special child. So why did he come? Why was Jesus born into this sometimes cruel and hard world? He was born unto us so that one day he would grow up to become a very important part of history. His story is one of truth, it's of love, and of hope. It brought salvation to all of us, and without Jesus, we would all die in our sins. But Jesus came so that he would die on the cross for all of our sins. So look at Christmas in a new way this year. This year, make room for the king. Allow his joy and peace to resound all year. Keep singing, joy to the world, for the Lord is come. Jesus is the reason for the season. And tonight, let's rejoice and celebrate that reason.
2: Wow, it's hard to believe it's that time of year. It's hard to believe that this week is Christmas. and I'll, But I want tonight... Just as the angels and all the heavenly hosts uh, sang and worshiped and rejoiced over his birth that silent, fateful night uh, in Bethlehem, we too tonight want to, sol- to sing, to lift our voice, to celebrate the meaning of this Christmas season. So would you please stand to your feet and would you lift your voice with us in song and let's sing together Joy to the World. Hallelujah, praise God, praise God, praise God. We've heard the stories, we read the story, the biblical account of that silent night. And I believe that just for a moment at his birth, it was such a miraculous thing that a king would be born into a a lowly uh, state, if you will, a host of heaven, the host, the creator of the cosmos, the creator of the universe humbled himself and he wrapped himself in flesh like you and like me and I believe that uh, we call it a silent night because I believe that just for a moment if you will imagine with me the collective sigh and draw a breath of all of heaven at the at this miracle this thing that should never have happened and never should have been possible that just for a moment, the entire universe was in awe and in a silent state because words could not describe that fateful, silent night in a manger in Bethlehem. your hands. I think that would be appropriate tonight. Why don't you just thank the Lord for that night, for that day that he came and he wrapped himself in flesh so he could dwell among us and give us life and life more abundantly. We're so thankful, God. We're so thankful, God. We're so thankful, God. We make Christmas about so many things, and it's about gifts and it's about life. So it's easy to get caught up with the commercialization of Christmas and uh, I, I would dare, I wouldn't even try to uh, begin to tell you what Americans may spend on Christmas this year. It would be in the billions and maybe even trillions of dollars, I'm not exactly sure. And we, we get so caught up with, with the lights and the presents and the gifts, the trees and it's family time and that's great but we never need to lose sight of that baby that was born in the lonely manger. As we talked about tonight, that Mary delivered him, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because the Bible says that they would make no room. There was no room in the end for them. So Christ, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, was born into a barn among the the livestock, And was laid in a manger that was made to hold hay for the livestock to eat out of. And so this year, 2015, let's take a little time, although it's busy this week, and although we're we're going into Christmas in just a few days, let's take time to at some point this week to reflect on the true meaning of Christmas. It's about a Lord, it's about a baby. That came to this world. That was raised just like you and I were raised. But he would be raised one day to walk. And to even to walk a road and carry his own cross. To Golgotha's hill. To be crucified. To be the ultimate sacrifice. To shed his blood for you and for me. Seems like a long way from that manger to the cross. But God was willing to be born so that He would ultimately give His life for you. It's about a baby in a manger. Take another moment right now and just thank God. Would you just give him all the glory and all the praise tonight? Would you please just take a moment to praise him in this season? God, we thank you. We praise your holy name. God, we're so grateful, Lord, for what you've done for us. Thankful for your humble birth here on this earth.
1: things coming up this week. This uh, Again, I know I mentioned at the beginning, parents, it's Christmas. (laughs) I'm realizing that day just seems to come earlier every year. I don't care what the date says on the calendar. It just flies by so fast, but we look forward to that coming up this Friday. So Wednesday evening, there will be no evening service. Um, And also, I, I keep getting reminded that I've got some pies here at the church. I don't know if anybody else might have some as well, but I wanted to throw that out there too. Don't forget your pie. It would be a horrible meal if... If I pay for pies and they just sit here in the fridge and I don't take them home, so please remember to pick up your pies. And also, can somebody say "Holiday Youth Convention? Halliday Did you guys not get any sleep? I preach against that. <laughs> oh, good. But anyway, it's coming up a week from now, and then I'll sound the way that we all seem to be sounding tonight. It is just a week away, so please pray for me coming up this next week and our chaperones. That uh, We leave sane. It's only two days, so 48 hours. I mean, how crazy can it get, right? (laughs) Please pray for us. But also, I wanted to remind our parents as well as our students, next Sunday morning after church, we'll make sure to have a quick um, uh, meeting about uh, the times and all of that sort of thing, just general announcements and and things we expect and all that and all the service schedule and, and such. So, Uh, Parents, if maybe somebody's not here, you know they're taking a student or or so forth, Uh, please let them know. We'll try to send out reminders, but we want to make sure that all parents are aware that we'll have a quick meeting next uh, Sunday morning after church. Are you ready to give unto the Lord? Amen. If our ushers would come forth, I don't know about you, but the Bible says that at this time they took up gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I'll bring the frankincense if somebody else will bring the gold and the myrrh. (laughs) But I'm so thankful to give back to the Lord tonight. I I hope that you'll uh, give unto the Lord. Let's pray over this offering. Lord, we thank you, God, for what you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for this uh, season in our lives and in, uh, in the year, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to recognize you coming and, and giving, Lord, your life for us. Thank you, God, for being birthed into this world, Lord. You know the future that, that lies ahead, and we thank you for that, God. We pray you have your way upon this offering, Lord. Touch the gift, Lord, as well as the giver, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give them to the Lord?
2: glad for his love tonight I said aren't you glad for his love tonight we've talked about it a lot and we've uh, we've sung about it tonight and we talked a little bit about it this morning uh, the love of a savior that would wrap himself in humanity and he would come and dwell among us and to eventually give his life for us and tonight, I want to take a little Christmas focus, but I don't want to just uh, take a Christmas focus alone, uh, but I hope to uh, speak to everyone in your spirit tonight, and I will be uh, brief. I know that many don't believe that, and uh, I told somebody tonight I have a record to beat Pastor Preach for nine minutes on Wednesday. And uh, I don't know that I'll beat nine minutes, but we will be very brief in our, in our remarks uh, tonight. If you have your Bibles and wouldn't mind, turn with me to Luke chapter 1. I walked on the platform uh, going over into the side room before service, and I looked down and I saw my boy. Uh, he has his Bible tonight. I'm so proud of him. And he, he, uh, he looked at me and he, he held it up. He said, Dad. And I said, And so I went down, and uh, that little joker had already. Uh, gotten way ahead of me. He, he was turned to Luke chapter 2. And just so so certain that I was going to read from Luke chapter 2 tonight. And I said, well, buddy, that's awesome, but I'm reading from Luke chapter 1. He goes, aw. And so uh, I'm sorry about that, buddy, but we're going to read from Luke chapter 1 beginning at verse number 26, a little lengthy uh, portion of Scripture that I like to read into your hearing. Verse 26 says, In, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee, a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, "Hail, thou art highly favored, and the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women." What great words that she would have thought those were those were to be in verse number twenty nine. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son. And shout, call his name Jesus. He shall be great. And he shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how Shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And in verse 35, the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, She hath also conceived a son of her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. Then the angel says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. What a great promise that is. And then finally, verse number 38. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. I want to lay a foundation for a few minutes tonight, but I want to speak to you on this subject, an amazing love. An amazing love. We've all heard that verse quoted that simply says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And we understand tonight that God works in his own realm. We understand that God works in a realm that is far above our ability to comprehend or to fathom. Our Human ability and knowledge says that these impossibilities cannot happen. I had someone tell me about the Bible, uh, regarding the Bible uh, one time. They said, well, that, that's a good read. Those are good stories. I believe that they were good people, but those things really could not have happened. That's our humanity. We cannot comprehend uh, those things that are of God, and we are not meant to comprehend the things that are of God. There's, there, the great, the Bible says, is the, is the mystery of godliness. But our ability uh, says that these things can't happen, but we do know and we do trust that God will move in ways that we never thought possible. Nobody, enlighten me tonight, nobody expected Jesus that day, to break the bread and the fishes. After hearing of the beheading of John the Baptist, there was a great multitude that were following him. And instead of turning them away, he turned and he drew them unto him. And he found a little boy with a little sacked lunch that contained five barley loaves and two fish. And the Bible says that he sat down, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he fed the multitude. The Bible says that it was over 5,000 men, not including women and children. Nobody expected him to do that that day. They were following a great teacher, and they were expecting a, a, a lesson, a verbal lesson, a preach, a sermon, if you will, a teaching. Nobody expected him to perform that miracle. No one expected Jesus when he showed up late to Lazarus's house. He had been called and he had been beckoned. And uh, he was, uh, some would say that he ran late. I don't believe that he ran late. He knew his timing. And he, he withheld his coming into Lazarus's house. And when he arrived on the scene, there were the mourners and there was the body of Lazarus and there was Martha and and she was weeping and she was crying. And in her saddened state and even her angered state, she chided Jesus when she turned in him to say, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. He was late, they were weeping and Martha said this because she knew that he was the healer. She knew that he was a way maker. She knew that he did did specialize in the miraculous and the impossible. But somehow she was able to grasp her thoughts together as she clung to his garments. In question and in grief, something struck her. And she thought of all the times that he went beyond their thoughts and expectations. And she had the mindset to think, and and the Bible records it when she says, But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, he will give thee. Jesus did what nobody expected as he walked over to that body that had been lifeless for four days. And he stood over it, and he began to open his mouth. And I can imagine the gasp when the people heard him Uh, Utter the words, Lazarus, come forth. And suddenly, in that moment, that body that was lifeless for four days and I'm sure was beginning to stink, that life immediately came back into Lazarus' body and he lived again. Right before their eyes, they saw him do what no one expected him to do. Jesus was nothing shy of amazing. His ministry was amazing. His 33 and a half years of ministry was simply, utterly breathtaking and amazing. Everywhere he went, he captured people's attention. Every word that he spoke out of his mouth caused people to stop and to listen what this man had to say. Everything that he did, every place that he went to, people followed after him because his reputation preceded him. When they were on the ship, the disciples in a a great storm, they were scared to death and Jesus stood and he again did something very amazing, something very unexpected that when he opened his mouth and he uttered three words that simply were, Peace, be still. And the wind immediately obeyed the voice of the Lord. And the wind ceased and the waters calmed. And then Matthew 8 records in verse number 27, But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Even as a child, Jesus was amazing. When at 12 years old, he got separated from his mother and his father, and they searched for him for three days, only to find him in the temple, sitting among the scholars and the teachers of that day, speaking the law with them. And when his parents took him away, those men said in Luke chapter 2, or the Bible says of those men in Luke chapter 2, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. He was an amazing man. And He is an amazing God. We serve an amazing God. He will do what no other can do. Many uh, put, try to put their gods up against our God and they fail every time. David said it like this in Psalms 33. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. God is truly amazing. He is truly awesome, and all of creation is captured by his works. He is truly amazing. And this is what we learn to expect of him. We read account after account in the Bible, the things that he has done, that he did, the miracles that he performed. And we learned to accept or expect these things concerning our God. And we know because the Bible tells us that His ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts. The disciples quickly found this out just three days after meeting Him when He turned water into wine at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And I'm sure that their thoughts were, as they sat there, astonished and amazed at Him. I'm sure one may have asked, what else do you think that He will do? What else do you think that he will completely blow our minds with? Every day was something new for them. And they begin to expect the amazing out of this man called Jesus. The angels must even sit and wonder at what he may do next. They've had a front row seat to this redemption story from creation to the cross They have never ceased, I imagine, to be amazed with what their God has done. Now, think with me, if you will. I wonder what might have gone through their minds when they first heard the story and God first told them his plan. Could you imagine what the angels would have thought? when God sat down in the throne room of heaven and began to lay out His plan for humanity, for His plan to reconcile the world, for His plan to save the world and the mankind that He created. Before we ever heard it, they had to hear it. You see, the Lord sent Gabriel to tell Mary and Joseph, but first... God had to tell Gabriel the plan. You ever thought about that? He had to tell him what his plan was. Imagine him there with me, sitting there, listening to God Almighty, when God looked at him and said, Gabriel, I'm going to become a man. Gabriel, I'm going to go to the earth that I created, and I'm going to wrap myself in flesh. And I'm going to dwell among them as a lowly, fleshly man. I can imagine that immediately. His imagination began to wonder. This is going to be something amazing. This is going to be something incredible. Because God's going to wrap Himself and He's going to go to the highest of the high. He's going to go into the the highest court in the land and be born into the most influential family that has ever walked the face of the earth, God is going to blow our minds with what he's about to do. He will be like no other, I'm sure his thought was. He will be stronger than Samson. He will be wiser than King Solomon. He'll be more favored than David. Their God would be would come, they thought, to the world in a blazing chariot descending in a fiery cloud. They expected something amazing and something miraculous. But they never, hear me, they never expected what they got. God would become a baby. The heavens, I'm sure I do know that the heavens cannot even contain Him. So maybe their thought was, how can a six-pound baby contain Him? How can that little fleshly body hold the God of all the universe? God would become a baby. The God that spoke creation into existence would have to learn to speak like any other human being. The God that spoke the world into existence would have to learn to walk like any other man. The God that spoke the world into existence would have... His garments changed just like any other earthly baby. Can you imagine with me what the angels thought? Can you imagine with me for just a moment what Gabriel would have thought when God told him his plan? His name is going to be Jesus. Just a common name of that day. Just a common name. And I'm sure that Gabriel would have thought, Well, you need to call him majesty or call him heaven sent. Anything but Jesus, that's just reserved for any other person. Gabriel must have questioned. But God said, No, Gabriel, I want you to take this message to Mary. Well, maybe that Gabriel thought, Well, Mary must be some special some unbelievable woman, but he was in for another shock when he entered that place where Mary was and found that she was just an ordinary girl. She wasn't royalty. She didn't have she wasn't from a long line of royal blood, and her lineage would have contained nothing that was impressive to anybody. She was just, An ordinary girl. Nothing but a naive, peasant, Jewish girl. He hated to guess then at that moment maybe what Joseph might have looked like. There he stood, a carpenter, sawdust in his beard, nail apron around his waist. Just an ordinary man. But he was going to be the father of this baby called Jesus. And nobody, nobody, and Jesus would call him dad. He was going to teach him, by example, the ways of humanity. He was going to teach Jesus, Gabriel knew, the ways of a carpenter when he should have been reserved For royalty. This was not what Gabriel expected. Because this was Gabriel's God. It was all he could, I'm sure, not to turn back as he journeyed to where Mary was. And the story wasn't what they envisioned it should have ever been. And and it should have never worked and never panned out. But it did. That's why it's such an amazing story of love. The most miraculous, amazing story of love that has ever been told. Christmas doesn't need any help because it's amazing all by itself. Every year, Hollywood brings out a new movie or new performance, something to compete with this great, wonderful holiday that we celebrate. But the greatest story that has ever been told is simply, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent His Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved what an amazing story of love heaven only knows how long Gabriel might have fluttered unseen above Mary before he took a breath and broke the news but he did do what he was commanded to do he held nothing back he told her what his name would be. He told her his plan. He told her to not be afraid. He knew that it sounded ridiculous to her, but it was the message that God wanted to bring to her. But after the report, he spoke these words simply with God. Nothing is impossible. It wasn't just for her, but maybe it was just for him as well. Maybe he needed to believe that. Maybe that he needed uh, a little reassurance in his mind uh, that this plan was going to work out because his God was going to lower himself to humanity. It was for us is what we need to know tonight. That this amazing love of God That he loved us enough that he would, yes, lower himself. He would humble himself and be born into a fleshly family. And his birth would take place in a barn, as I've already stated tonight, among the livestock and he would be laid in a feeding trough to sleep when he should have been in a palace when he really shouldn't have ever had to have to leave heaven whatsoever but on this earth he belonged in a palace he deserved to have the best of the best He he deserved to be born into royalty. He deserved the nicest things. He deserved the nicest bed in the nicest room, in the nicest palace. But he chose a barn and a feeding trough, in just an ordinary man. Some may ask, well, why did he do that? I can't tell you for sure why he chose that. Why he chose that birth and why he chose that place and why he chose Mary and Joseph. But what I will tell you tonight is that as he was laying out his plan for humanity, that I believe that he looked some 2,000 years into the future and he saw me and he saw you. And he knew that if he didn't come that we would never have a chance. And I believe that as he sat there with the heavenly host and he began to lay out his plan, he saw faces Of his most prized creation. And he said, I'm going for them. I'm going for them. I'm going for them. While the angel said, I don't understand why, God, you're gonna do this, he said, It's very simple. It's very simple. I love them with a love that's greater than they could ever imagine. And I'm doing it for them. We know the story. He was born and the Bible says that he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with men. He went through his life knowing all the while what the plan was going to be. I'm sure that just as a parent today I count down the years until this guy is 18 and I look and I say well I have this many more years left with him in the house or I hope he never you can stay till you're 30 if you want to that's fine with me and I know that I got this many years and I believe that as he walked the earth that God knew was counting down the years and he knew what was going to be happened because the Bible says, and I shared it with you this morning, that he would be despised and rejected by his own people, by the people that he came to save, the people that he had an amazing, unconditional love for. And I know this is not an Easter message, but he, he went and they judged him And they beat him and they spat in his face. He was rejected by his own people. Yet, he walked that cross up onto Calvary's hill. And he laid down and allowed them to nail him to that cross. And while hanging on that cross, when he could have called the host of angels to save him, he said, Father... Forgive them, because they don't even know what they're doing. That, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, is an amazing love. It's an amazing love that he would be born, and that he would die, and become the ultimate sacrifice. For you and for me, and so I want to say that in this Christmas season, as you sit on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, whatever you choose to do, for us it will be on Christmas morning, and we will sit there and we will unwrap presents and we will take videos and we'll take pictures and 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 keepsakes that we want to keep for the rest of our lives, memories. But would you please take time this busy season to reflect on the story of an amazing love. Don't make it about the lights. Don't make it about the presence. Don't make it just about the family. And these are all good. But remember that baby laying in a feeding trough born to just an ordinary man and woman. Who was to be the Savior of the world? He was the King of Kings and He was the Lord of Lords. The Savior of the world, our Redeemer, our redemption, the Lamb that was, that was led to the slaughter for all mankind. This year, let's just keep in mind what Christmas is really about. It's not about the presence and not about the lights. It's not just necessary just about a baby, but it's about an amazing love. Would you stand with me tonight? And would we do this for just the next few moments? And I'm going to let you go and still early. And I said that I was going to let you out early, and I am. But I want you right where you are. If you would, please raise your hands to heaven. And would you just take time to let the Lord know, God, I recognize would you take time to let the Lord know how thankful you are, how privileged that you feel, how blessed that you feel, how loved that you feel that He would uh, extend his, his mercy and His grace and He would give you His life that we may have life and we may have it more abundantly.